Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Brother Under the Mountain's first sports podcast today. Uh, we're going to be talking about today, we are, will be talking first about Texas Tech and Oklahoma. It will be kicking off at noon this Saturday. Um, we got some really, really good, we got a really good game coming up, guys. Um, let's start off with Texas Tech. Texas Tech, really, pretty much, their quarterback, uh, Alan Bowman, has just been injured. So the coach has said that he will be allowing uh, Jet Duffery to be joint to be sharing, uh, you know, game time with Jackson Tyner this week. So with Tyner, uh, he just transferred from Rice, so he'll probably more than likely uh, Duffy will probably get more of the touches this week. This is my speculation. Um, last year when Duffy actually went up against Oklahoma. He completed 9 of 17 passes, 439 yards, and about two touchdowns. He ran 13 times with 47 yards and a score. So, But they also did lose that game, 51-46, which was pretty much you know a non-defense of type of game, as you would expect from a big top 12 team. Um, there's not a lot of defense played in that conference. And, you know, it, it, the scores can really rack up, and it's just like – would you have a dual threat quarterback coming into Oklahoma with, you know, their defense has been stepped this year, is getting getting better, but they also have a high flying offense. But would you have a dual threat here at Texas Tech coming in to play this Oklahoma team that the defense isn't really, like, you know, up to par as what it would be for let's say SEC defense or even a, even a um. Even like a, a ACC conference, like Clemson, good defense. You know, uh, Ohio State, good defense. Michigan, decent defense. Notre Dame, decent defense. Look what Notre Dame did this week to uh, to to Georgia. It wasn't like Georgia came out of that game without having to put up a fight. Notre Dame had a better defense from what we have seen in the past few years, and it's starting to show. Like the coach up there is really getting, you know, he, he's really starting to get his. Uh, his his demeanor into that team, but uh, let's get back to this game. Um, like I said, uh, Lincoln, he's I'm pretty sure he's not really too worried about it. Uh, he's got Jalen Hurts on his back. He's got Charleston Rambo out there in the slot. So I mean, he's got a good receiver core. He's got a good he's got a good quarterback. You know, transfer from Alabama, and you know he's 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 Jalen's been doing some really good things. And of course, he's one of the talks of, you know, he's one of the talks of for the Heisman candidate right now and things for him are starting to roll in the ball and he's he's really showing out and producing but again this is against Big 12 defenses I have nothing against the Big 12 you know it just seems like these this conference has more of you know a lot of prolific offensives out there so with Texas Tech they've only allowed 13.7 points per game this season which is 16th right now so their defense is actually much better than what Jalen has actually probably faced what Jalen has faced this week these past few weeks and I believe that maybe they can get more run for the money but Oklahoma will probably come out and be pretty and be pretty big you know and it, it, the line right now I think is at like 27 or something like that for Oklahoma or under 27 but I think that maybe it could be around that line if not bigger. Uh, Oklahoma's defense, they have uh, Alex Greenwich. Alex, sorry, Alex, uh, I just like totally ripped his name. <laughs> his name is Alex Grinch. He, uh, he's definitely, a, he's a new coordinator for Oklahoma. So, you know, he's coming to the program where he's starting to get into where, you know, the defense wasn't what it was last year. As you saw, the Alabama torched him in the, um, in the playoff game, yes, they did come back with Kyler. You know, he's a, he was a spectacular, spectacular kid. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, we're extremely proud that he got off to get the Heisman. And, you know, he's doing his thing and we're trying to do his thing up in the NFL. But right now, what uh, the linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Neville Gilmore, you know, he could pretty much Gilmore is like you we're gonna see him on we're gonna see him on Saturday on like Sundays when he goes to the NFL. He is a very top rated linebacker right now. He's very big standout, the defensive lineman Neville. He's also good up on the front line. Like he is he is a a, rec, a force to be reckoned with. So I mean these are a couple of players that you guys need to when you if you watch this game tomorrow, when you watch Texas Tech, 
in Oklahoma, watch these players for Oklahoma. They Alex Grinch is doing a really good job out there in Oklahoma right now trying to get a defense together and trying to create a team where he knows that his offense is good and also he's bringing in a uh, – a new style of a new style of defense that hasn't really been seen for a while here in the Big 12, and I mean I feel like with this game it is it can definitely it's definitely going to be a shootout. Who's going to be on top? More than likely, the Oklahoma will be a, more than likely Oklahoma will be on top, just for the simple fact they'll play a little bit stronger defense. But I mean you can't really rule out Texas Tech. They are 16th nationally right now. I mean, they have defensive like defensive lineman Broderick Washington. He's he is just like if you have not seen highlights on this guy, like he is a true defensive lineman, a big boy. He is out there ripping things up in that front line, and he is creating a lot of pressure on a lot of quarterbacks that have been playing this week. I mean, this year in the college football season so far. So it's it's really like a it's like a breath of fresh air that some of these defenses in the Big Twelve are starting to step up. And show that they're not, they're they're definitely not showing, you know, any type of them backing down. Um, it is known that the SEC does have better defenses, but I mean, if Big Twelve are sitting here starting off, they're they're 16th nationally, and right now their pass defense is third, which is like that's up there, you know, nationally, and that's better than some of the defenses right now in you know the SEC. So, I mean, they really do – Texas Tech does have a shot, but like I said, Oklahoma, I just think that their defense will probably come in and wreak a lot of havoc on uh, – wreak a lot of havoc on Texas Tech, but I don't think Texas Tech is going to go down too early. Uh, so, big notes. Also, uh, Oklahoma's kicker, Callum Sutherland, was arrested last week in Oklahoma on a public intoxication charge. So, he probably will not be in this game. More than likely, Gabe uh, – Burkick, I don't know how I just butchered his name. Burkick will probably be uh, starting for will be starting for their main kicker this weekend for Sutherland. So, like I said, keep a lookout. Uh, he's he's definitely not at the point like something like that when you are in college and you are in the spotlight like this. There's some things that you know these kids have to realize. You can't be going out there doing you know crazy stuff and. Like going public intoxication, like you can't just be walking around campus or wherever you are, bar or anything, and you know, and just be drinking and 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 start making a fool of yourself. See, that's where you get yourself caught up because then, if you think about it, the next level, the NFL, they're not going to really be looking at you too much. But the simple fact is, oh, this kid's already been drinking, going out here partying, doing all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's fun to party, but you know, if you're going to do all that stuff, like, do it under the t- under the radar. Like, do it under the radar. Don't act a fool. Do it where you know that you're in a safe environment, and just it, it just don't really, don't really like put yourself in a position where you can hurt yourself for future prospect of being in this. Yes, it only it may be the first time, but also like one time can lead to multiple times. So hopefully he can get his act. So hopefully he can get everything together, and we can see him back out there on the field. Right now, Oklahoma receiver C.D. Lamb. Let's talk about this guy. Right now. C.D. Lamb has 11 catches. No, C.D. Lamb has nine catches for 229 yards and three touchdowns. Like, after four games into the college football season, heading into this fifth game, he is really, really, really good. I mean, this receiver, he knows his routes. He he can break off on, like, literally in the drop of a dime. Uh, Charleston Rambo, we all know this guy is one of the top receivers right now in the country and like he's leading the team in yards and catches and touchdowns right now like he he's got 11 catches for 251 yards he's got four touchdowns and like they they the receiving core with Jalen Hurts behind him is that offense right now is so so prolific it's it's it goes to show that Lincoln Riley has a team that can be when it comes to offense, cannot be matched. I mean, he is doing some amazing things. Look, at, he, he's he's really always been, um, you know, a a quarterback coach. Like, look at Kyler Murray. Look at Baker Mayfield. Like, he has really been showing showing up and showing out when it comes back to, when it comes up to him producing quarterbacks and coming out. And I mean, this man deserves a lot of attention. He deserves a lot of respect. So, I mean, this week, I mean. They have an elite passing attack. I mean, right now Oklahoma is ranked 
second in the nation with 324 yards per game. Hertz is, of course, leading the way with that in the rushing game with 124.3. Like, we all know that Jalen Hurts can rush. Uh, being an Alabama fan, watching Jalen come up and seeing what this man can do as far as with what he can do with his legs and, and extending plays when plays look like they're pretty much dead and out, he could just take off. Like, if there's any small hole or anything, he's, he's, he's matured a lot. If any small hole that he sees in any opening where he sees where not all his receivers are covered in the backfield, you know, linebacker here, got the safety over the top already. And he sees that. He recognizes that, like, instantly. Like, the kid has some really good vision out there on the field. And he is, yes, he's doing it against some, you know, lower-rated defense as of right now. Yes, but when it did come down to him balling out on a higher level, he was definitely be able to sit there and produce. Um, right now, the Red Raiders are actually giving up 314 yards against the rush, which is like if anything, if anybody can say anything right now, Red Raiders are not really good at stopping the run. So when you throw in the mix of Jalen Hurts coming in, when you throw in the mix of you know, his receivers being able to get into the backfield. Like, it's going to be a balanced gameplay for this team this week. And I believe that, like I said, Oklahoma will come out big on top of this. And there's a lot of things that you got to understand, like, when it comes to having top receivers. When you have receivers as good as Oklahoma does right now, like, Jalen has the option to throw to who he wants at any time he wants. Like, when you have that type of freedom to be able to – create plays and create something from nothing, you know, and it it, it, it it boosts the team up. It makes them look like they are pretty much like the best team out there on the field, you know what I mean? So what what I what I'm wanna talk about is can this Texas Tech defense actually try and stop them? Which I think with them giving up at least three hundred and fourteen yards of, of Three hundred fourteen yards on the rush on the running game. That's just telling me that. But their secondary is almost like is right there on top with the elite with some of these elite defenses out there. You know your Auburns and your LSU's, your Alabamas, like your Georgias, your Ohio States. Like when you have your defense that good, but you're going up against a team with so many weapons in the front line. The offensive line protecting Jalen really extremely well this week. Uh, it, it really gets you thinking how how far can Texas Tech actually get in this game without it being a complete shutdown or a blowout, especially with Oklahoma's defense starting to step up more and trying to take off that and trying to give the offense more opportunities so they can get off the field quicker so they'll be fresher throughout the game. Now, if – now, if any one of these guys, if, if T.J. Vasher can get out there and, and just chop something up out there with, with Duffy behind the lines as a dual threat, like, you may see some big explosive plays. You'll probably see a lot of explosive plays from both sides this week, again, because Big 12 defenses really aren't that good. Like I said, 16th in the nation with Texas Tech. They are a pretty decent defense, but also you're bringing in one of the number one offenses, one of the best offenses right now in the game, and – it, it, I think that it, for Texas Tech, it will probably be a little bit of a struggle. And they'll get a very, very good learning experience out of this. We don't know. Like, Texas Tech last last game, they lost. In, like, two weeks ago, they lost against a dual-threat quarterback in Arizona. So, that goes to show you that their defense isn't set up. But if their defense can step up in this game, just a little bit and try and contain Jalen and try and lock down Charleston out there on the outside, you know, Texas Tech may have a small chance, you know, and, and if they can, it'd be, it would be awesome to see a good game between these two. And if there's no defense, I mean, you know that these offenses are going to light it up. Texas Tech has usually had a pretty prolific offense and lighting things up. And you can't be down Texas Tech. They are a 2 and one team right now. They are a 2 and one team. So you you have to take that into a lot of consideration, and when you see that a team is two and one coming in, they've only lost one game to, like I said, to another dual threat quarterback. 
but they have been doing it on the P's and Q's. Uh, just a little bit of stats here. Points per game, Texas Tech's at 32. Oklahoma's at 55. Points allowed per game, 13, where Oklahoma's allowed 19 points per game. So that's what I'm saying. The defense, where it says right here, they've only allowed 13.7 points a game so far in four games. Uh, their total rushing, the total yards right now is 508 for Texas Tech. Oklahoma has 676. So the, as you see, the numbers there are kind of close. And according to the numbers here, like it's showing me that Texas Tech can't defense for Oklahoma a run for their money. Uh, right now, the defense, the defense for Texas Tech, they're allowing 306 yards so far, and Texas is allowing 352 yards. So. With 352 yards being allowed in the last four games that they played, three games that they played, it's it's showing me right now from what I see from the numbers, like you can pretty much say that you know Texas Tech is going to get some scores. It's not like it's going to be a goose egg on the board. It may be to come down to where in the after halftime you'll see Texas Tech adjust to what to what Oklahoma is doing. And they will come. They will make overcome some type of defeat. So I'm not really putting this game this week on what they call upset alert. We're not doing that this week. Oklahoma will win this game. I think that their offense is way too, way too high powered to be it for Texas Tech to to uh, take them on. And uh, I mean, like I said, right now the pass pass yards allowed for Oklahoma is at 212. They allowed 212 passing yards so far this year. And rushing yards, 140. And, again, 172 rushing yards allowed for Texas Tech. So when it comes down to it, by the numbers and crunching them and seeing, like, this may this will be a very, very entertaining game. It will be coming on at 12. It comes on at 12 o'clock noon. Uh, it's going to be a good game. I think this, I believe, is on Fox, if I'm not mistaken. And this will be a really good game. Um, but don't be surprised if you see Oklahoma by, like, the end of the second quarter and the second half start to pull away much more than what people are expecting this game to be. Like, some people expect this. I've been hearing some things that people saying, that, oh, Oklahoma's going to blow them out. But you cannot write off Texas Tech. They have been doing extremely well this year. The defense has been stepping up. So I think this will be a test against Oklahoma to see where their offensive line is against a better Texas Tech team. And we will definitely see what Oklahoma can do to prevent their defense from stopping them and getting them to, like I said, trying to get an upset against them. So we'll uh, – We'll move on to the next. We'll move on to the next team. But like I said, this will be a good game. Please, guys, check it out. And uh, uh, let's move on to the next game of the week. Uh, another good game that's coming up this week is number eight, Wisconsin taking on Northwestern. Northwestern is one and two so far, and Wisconsin is three and zero. Oh. Um, right now, Jonathan Taylor at running back position for Wisconsin is, I mean, I have seen some of the games, and I mean, he is just lighting up these defenses right now. He is ridiculous. Pat Fitzgerald, the coach of um, Northwestern, is actually a huge fan of him, only it's for the simple fact because like, he is just an outstanding football player, and they are looking to the trying to the the trying the coach said that he's pretty much trying to find ways to slow him down. Uh last year Taylor was named well actually this year Taylor was named the Big Ten offensive player of the week against his efforts against Michigan. He scored twice and became the first Wisconsin player in history to rush for at least two hundred yards against the Wolverines. Uh so Taylor has had his rush for at least hundred yards in the last in twenty five of his thirty career games, which is like outstandingly crazy. So so far he's ran for so but he's got hundred hundred yard games hundred yard games hundred yard games and it's ridiculous. Um, Taylor has actually faced Northwestern and the last time he took him on, he's got a hundred and so far in his career against Northwestern he's he's had a total of 126 yards and 30 carries. He's only just you know like he's around like 4.2 yards per carry uh, and 63 per game and it's. 
it's amazing what this guy can do on the field. The holes that he finds with what he's given. I mean, but that old offensive line right now is they are working with Taylor to get him those looks, those holes, those breakaway holes. They're doing a lot of stunts. They're doing a lot of a lot of B gap cuts, a lot of A gap cuts, where he's literally either running straight up the middle or he's hitting another gap. So he's just taking off. I mean, Taylor only needs a little slither of room, and he is. I mean, he's gone to the races. I mean, he is right now. He's 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 coming off of the line with so much force. It, like he reminds me of a Mark Ingram. He reminds me of a of a. Uh, of a um, another elite running back we've had in the last few years. He, he's like a – I'm having a blank right now. <laughs> but, I mean, he's uh, – back to him. He's, he's, he's really a prolific running back right now, and it's getting up to the point where this guy right now is definitely in talks for a Heisman so far. Like, if there was a vote for this week – a lot of people will be voting for Jonathan Taylor as far as what he has seen so far. So let's talk about Wisconsin's defense. They have only given up – they gave up the first touchdown of the year last week to Michigan, which was which is crazy. So they played literally two games and did not give up a single touchdown. And right now that, that defense is a very, very top-ranked defense. The defense is giving up just an average of 27 yards per – uh, rushing per game, which right now it, Wisconsin is ranked number one in scoring defense, 4.7 per game, and total defense, 171 yards per game, and passing efficiency. Pass, the passing efficiency defense is at 75.7. So I mean, right now their defense is what you would call like it's 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 a pretty pretty legit defense this year. Um, I've always been a huge Wisconsin fan as well. Like Wisconsin has always had a team where they build that they actually produce and they build around the team um i was very upset a couple years ago when alabama did play them uh back in dallas which i was at this game i was really upset at how i had watched wisconsin football coming up even as a kid watching alabama and wisconsin wisconsin was always shown where i was like if they were early game you would see wisconsin games and when i used to watch actually see them like wisconsin was always a team where I thought that, you know, could give Bama a run for their money. I mean, yes, they may not get the same recruits as they do, but they are a – they have always been a very, very, very good top team, top 10, top 25 team whenever they are up there, and they are working on all cylinders. They did have a down year last year, but, I mean, they are getting back to the basics. They are running up the score on people, and they are showing no mercy to anybody out there right now. Um they're playing extremely physical out there, especially their O line. Their defense is out there, is just flying around. You cannot, you can't deny that right now. Wisconsin is looking like a, a solid eight, if not a solid number five team. Uh, in my opinion, they are definitely. If the playoff rankings came out, they would definitely should be within the top five, six, or seven spot. Um, right now, they they are just doing. Anything and everything to be able to get them, get Taylor the ball. They are giving him the ball. They are giving him touches. They are giving him the required touches because they know that right now with that offensive line, they can run pretty much on anybody and can and have been doing it. And they are extremely good at it. Um, Jack Cohen last season, it was his first career start. He dominated Wisconsin. So Northwestern does have – a history with Wisconsin, and they definitely seem like they might be able to step up and be able to put it out there. And right now, I just don't know. Like Hunter Hunter Johnson out there, he's 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 a transfer from Clemson, and he's coming from a very good team coming again coming to Northwestern over here. And you know, he he, he struggled against Stanford, which you know. Is to be expected just a little bit when you're transferring and coming into a new when you're coming into a new offensive like when you come into a new offensive uh, system you know you do have to learn things you do have to pick up things a little bit faster you know if you if then you having to actually be there and knowing that playbook but um he got pulled in the fourth quarter of last week and Aiden Aiden Smith came in and did what he had to do but. 
Aiden Smith last week was actually 15 of 26 for 88 yards, and he had an interception. So he had no touchdowns. Um, Johnson, maybe if he gets back in there in the game this weekend, maybe he can, you know, for Northwestern, maybe he can come in there and step up and be the quarterback that they're looking for there at Northwestern. And, you know, they don't have to revert back to going to Smith, which, like I said, he did have kind of a good day, but not really. Uh, Only 88 yards on the day, 15 to 26. And right now I just feel like Northwestern may be able to do something and – and and give Wisconsin a run for the money. But the thing is, is how are they going to stop this Wisconsin offense? Who can stop this Wisconsin offense? Look at what they did to Michigan. I mean, straight slaughtered them on the ground. It was ridiculous. Like, you couldn't get – you could not – Michigan's defense could not stop them. But that also brings up the question about Jim Harbaugh, like, what's going on in Michigan? And we'll talk about that at a later point in time as we get – further down and we get ready to talk about with Michigan this week and their flaws and things that are happening with them. Um, right now, the teams have split their last 28 meetings to 14 of 14. So, like, again, this could be a really good setup for a game. Um, Wisconsin, like I said, they are on the rise right now. Northwestern is not a bad team. They have had shaky starts. They are not really – doing what, ex- what people were what, – what the polls were expecting them to do at this point in time. So we'll see this weekend and see if they'll be able to come up and be able to step up to this Wisconsin offense that is just literally on fire this week and see if they can give them something. Like Northwestern's one and two. This would be a good confidence boost for them for the rest of the season if they can beat this team. But also what would that say about Wisconsin if they weren't able to beat a Northwestern team, which I do not think is happening this weekend. I do not see Wisconsin falling this week. They should be on top of their game, coming off a huge win against Michigan. The boys are hype on that team. They are ready to go out there and, and just take on Northwestern head on and keep steaming ahead like a freight train out of hell. And I, I think that Wisconsin has this pretty easy. Uh, it, it, it doesn't seem to me anything that I think that would sh- – generate any doubt in my mind that Wisconsin would fall in this game. Like right now they are 95% to win this game. Uh, Cohen for North West, for Wisconsin actually has uh, – he's got – he's 58 for 75 so far, 692 yards, five touchdowns. The rushing leader right now, of course, is Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin, 58 carries, 444 yards and seven touchdowns. Like you cannot stop this, man. 444 yards going into week four. So we'll um, we'll see what John, what Taylor can definitely do this week. And if you guys have not seen this kid play, like go watch this game this weekend. This will be a good one to watch. Uh, this game does come on on ABC. It comes on at noon. So like I said, if you have time, if your game's not on before, then I know some teams are playing later. So if you are getting a chance to watch this game, this is definitely going to be another highlight of the 12 o'clock slot outside of uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma, and I feel like this game will be a huge, huge watch. Go back and forth if you have to. Um, Right now, uh, Johnson for Northwestern has only put up 33 of 68, 300 yards. He's got four interceptions right now, four interceptions and one touchdown. The quarterback play at Northwestern right now is not where it needs to be. It's not something that – I do not think that Wisconsin's defense is too worried about, especially if they're able to get the pressure on them. Like, the front line for Wisconsin are some big boys out there. And they have been putting a lot of pressure. They do they do have some blitz, they, some blitz packages that they run that if they get the pressure to the quarterback, their linebackers and their secondary out there will be able to handle – what Northwestern is facing, especially against a quarterback that they're going up against a quarterback that has thrown four interceptions on the season. Anderson has done good. He's got 45 carries, 237 yards, and two touchdowns. Not bad within the couple last couple weeks. Like I said, Northwestern is one and two. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be an all-Wisconsin game this week. I will say that. Um Wisconsin right now is putting up 48 points per game. Northwestern sitting at about 15 and 15 and 7. Uh, points allowed per game. Northwestern's at 20, and Wisconsin is at 4.7 points 
a game right now. Even after that crushing, crushing win against Michigan, they're only they're only allowing 4.7 points per game. Um, they're also only allowing 171 yards right now. 143 passing yards has been has been dropped on them, and 27 rush yards has been rushed on them. And it seems like this defense is is up up front looks aesthetically as pleasing as you would see a Wisconsin team that has always been an elite team. And this week is just going to be for them. I think it's just going to be another. It's just going to be another win in the win bracket. It's going to be give them even more reason, especially if if Taylor breaks off if Taylor breaks off this week and has a, another 100 to 200 yard rushing game we could have him for the Heisman he would definitely be a strong candidate for the Heisman right now he is definitely doing his thing at Wisconsin and I'm sure that he is loving every minute of it eating up those yards and but like I said we'll, we'll get to it um But yeah, so that's like I said, that's another big game that's coming up. So we'll uh we'll take a look at the next team that we're gonna sit here and talk about. Alright, and of course we're on this big game today. Um Alabama versus Ole Miss. Now the Sharkies are down there trying to put Alabama in their place, which they have done before. Don't forget now. Right when Saban started his tenure at Alabama, Ole Miss has surprised Alabama. They have surprised them with two losses when we were a top-ranked team. Yeah, I'm a little biased, but I will give you this as well. Alabama has overcome those and have gotten stronger whenever they played Ole Miss. Right now, Ole Miss is not in the position that they were years ago. And... It's 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 heartbreaking to say, but right now, like, Ole Miss has a lot of things to work on. But give credit to them; they took on a number. They took on a top twenty-five team. Oh, they took on a top fifteen team in California last weekend. Uh, they do have to come. They do have to come and play us here, uh, in, here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, this will be a home game for for Alabama this week. Uh, the difficult challenge is that the Rebels have no time for self-pity because they lost 28-20. to I mean, it was a heartbreaking loss to Cal this week. They had it. They were pretty much on the brink of getting this team. They were right there with a Pac-12 team, a very, very damn good Pac-12 team. And they they just, at the end, they just, they, they were stopped. They, they couldn't do anything. Like, they were stopped at the goal line. They were stuffed by Cal. So with them trying to get into the end zone, it was a hard, really, really hard loss for Ole Miss. And we're going to see this week if they can actually come and bounce back from that loss. Um, right now, let's, let's just talk about some things that are a challenge here for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, they are a 38-point underdog against Alabama this week. Right now, they are sitting two and two. They are one and zero in the South East Conference. Uh, Alabama is four and zero and one, and has won each. Alabama has won each of its games by the last in, in the last. They have won each of its games by at least twenty-four points this year. Um, South Carolina was pretty much, you know, uh, 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 it was it was it was what was to be expected from a South Carolina offense and defense. As bad as South Carolina is looking right now, they have a lot of things that they need to improve on. Um, their defense did have moments where you did see that they were able to get some pressure onto Tua. So that's definitely a positive side that they can take away from that game. And there are some things that we noticed about Alabama's O-line as far as how strong they really are and how what the weaknesses are. But also in the same sense, Tua also made plays with his legs, like he does almost every single game. And... It's going to be, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Last week, uh, Ole Miss did have a did have their main quarterback Matt Corral 
He was injured. He's left the game with a bruised rib. So this week we're not sure if he is going to play, if he's not going to play, if they're going to go to the backup or not. So that's still kind of up in the air. But the thing is, is, can that offensive line handle this Alabama defense? Now, I will say right now the defense is not what it used, to, what it, what what it has been in years when we had Big Cody up there, when we had uh, Babyface up there. Um, like we we have lost a lot of defensive players. We're playing; they are playing really, really fresh right now. Um, they, as you saw last 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 uh, week that we played against South Carolina. A lot of freshmen were in, but if, you can't take away that these freshmen were really top recruits, and they still held them. They still held them and did their job. They did their assignments. They did give up a few big plays. As Saban said, they, gave, they did give up some big plays, but like he said, you cannot coach these teammates. You cannot coach these players, these young players, without giving them a little bit of game time, some experience. So I believe that what they got last week, they will carry into this week along with more coaching, along with better, but with, with a little bit of experience that they have, and they will try and go in there and try to find a way to keep this Ole Miss offense to a hold. So this week Alabama was preparing for two different quarterbacks just in case Correll isn't able to go. And Plumlee, he isn't bad. He completed all seven of his pass attempts last week for 82 yards. So that's a plus. So there's, that's there. Uh, Saban, this is hit. This is directly from Saban. Uh, quote, quote, the quarterback's playing really well for them, Saban said. Quote, the backup quarterback came in and played even better in the game last week. So he's given a lot of props to their quarterback, which – you know, it's it's hard to come up against a team when you lose your starting quarterback, regardless of the situation, regardless of how your team is playing. When you have a starting quarterback that has been there and knows the reps and knows the team and knows the plays and knows the routes and, and, and knows what to look for in a defense and you have to bring in your backup who probably has not – who hasn't been in a lot of game situations, it is going to be hard for that team to try and overcome that, that adversity. So – I do think that the Rebels coach has pretty much, you know, he's done his job from what he needs to do to be able to get them up. Um, right now, you know, the the defense for Ole Miss is not as uh, – they're not, they're not playing bad, but they're also letting up – they're giving up a lot of yards. Um, right now, let's just say, uh, so I want to know how are they going to stop this four, this four receiving crew for Alabama, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, of course, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. I mean, there's so many options that Tua has to throw to. I mean, there was, that's our article this week about how Judy and, uh, I think it was Judy and Ruggs, they literally played rock, paper, scissors to run a route during one of the plays at the end of the second quarter. Like, when your offense is having that much uh, progression and that much fun, when you can tell that these boys are out there playing, they're having fun, they're out there trying to make sure that their team is putting that W up on the board, it's it's hard to negate anything. And we can't stop talking about Najee Harris as well. He... Only he has three touchdown catches in one rush. He only had three touchdown catches in one rush last week. But I mean, it's Najee Harris. It's Alabama football. They power you. They hit you right in the mouth. They pound the ground and they go out there and they and they progress each time. So Luke gave them a lot of props, and I mean he he knows that this receiving core is going to be extremely hard to defeat. Even when last week when South Carolina was trying to throw in some defensive things in there, they were trying to trick Tua. Tua has grown as a quarterback. If you have not noticed, Tua is growing. Even he himself said after last year from the loss of Clemson, that stings so, so bad. You can see an improvement in him, and he's only going to get better. Tua also, yes, there's no excuses, but Tua was also hurt extremely bad last week. So, I mean, last year. And coming leading up into the playoffs and going into the Clemson game. He he was hurt after the LSU game. He was hurt extremely bad going into the LSU game. He was hurt. And yes, there's no excuse, but 
Jalen did come in, help us out in the SEC championship, and you see what he's doing over there at Oklahoma that we talked about earlier. And the thing is, is even when you do try, like, so like South Carolina was getting a lot of pressure on Tua, but also in the same sense, Tua was releasing the ball. He was getting it out of his hands. He even there was a play where I saw him literally throw it out of bounds. That was something I didn't really see about Tua. That is showing me the maturity level of him growing as he becomes an elite quarterback here in this here in the in in, in you know here in college here in college sports because he would have tried to throw it into a position that if he's getting pressured he'd just throw it. He would just throw it into double coverage, triple coverage. He would just throw it and just hope that his boys would make a play. But I noticed that he didn't do that. He saw that he could not – he didn't have anything open. He couldn't run. He got to – he got outside of the tackle box, and he threw it out. He let go of it. He released it and let it go out of bounds and just live another play, which Saban, I'm sure, has been talking to him and putting it to his head, like, put this in – put this in your head, kid, to when you get pressured and you have nowhere to run – you have no receivers open. Even if you try and make a play at the last second, if you don't find anything within those last little five, six seconds of you getting tackled or getting sacked, throw it away. Get out of that tackle box and throw it away. Uh, Alabama injuries right now. Uh, nose guard DJ Dell and linebacker Terrell Lewis. Place kicker Will Richard will, might take longer on which the tide will likely turn to former starter Joseph Boulevard. Now, Joseph Boulevard is not a bad kicker. He's okay. He's decent. I have seen him kick. Uh, Will Richard was the top recruit coming out of his high school as a kicker, and I mean, he's done some. He's done some pretty amazing stuff this year. He's he's doing really well. for a freshman. He's doing extremely well. John Boulevard is a is. We'll see what his maturity level has grown since the last time he was able to kick and lost his starting job from last year. So we'll see what he can do this year and see if he can actually put it up. Uh, ex- this is another thing about Tua is what I was speaking about earlier. He ha- does he has a quick release, and Ole Miss does have a really good defensive line to where they can get pressure on quarterbacks. Right now, the Rebels are the second SEC average or in second in the SEC averaging three sacks per game. So I mean, that, I mean that's good. Their average eight talk at tackles for a loss leads the uh, leads the league. So I mean, their 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 defense isn't bad. I'm not, I'm not saying they went up against a top 15 team, guys, and still held them to only 28 points. A good Cal team out of the Pac-12, and had the game on the line, about to either tie it up and take it to overtime or win that game. Like this is a this is a force to be reckoned with. They are, do have a good defense. Uh, this is what this is quote from this is from Saban himself quote their defense has been a lot more aggressive this year in terms of creating negative plays sacks and tackles for loss so that's another thing that our offensive line has to understand and make sure that the pressure isn't put onto Tua too hard um, if the pressure is too hard for is gets to Tua like I said you have seen maturity from Tua this year when he is getting pressured he does get away from that pressure and he's able to you know, get the ball away, or he's able to use his legs to create a play, or he's able to, you know, extend the play, you know, extend the play or gain some yardage out of it. So, I mean, like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, These are some stats right now. Matt Corral from Mississippi for Ole Miss is uh, 68 and 114 right now. He is 844 yards passing, four touchdowns, and has one interception. Right now, Tua Tagovailoa for Alabama. He is 87 and 112. Did you did y'all hear that? 87 and 112 for 1300 yards. Going into Week Four, Tua is a has a, is already put up 1300 yards and 17 touchdowns. Prolific. Not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, Phillips on the side of Mississippi, 85 carries, 362 yards, and he has four touchdowns himself. He is definitely carrying the ball. He is he is 
carrying the workload for this team. He is producing. He is getting the yards that he needs. And right now, Najee Harris is sitting at 45 carries, 266 yards, and one touchdown. The reason why Najee Harris, Najee Harris has a lot of receiving yards as well because he's coming out of the backfield a lot and still receiving those and getting those um, uh, those, those, those those outside checkdowns from Tua and the time of need when Tua needs to get rid of the ball when he sees that his receivers are covered. Um, and it's it's right now you see a lot of screens, a lot of pick plays, a lot of a lot of screen right now. They're still running with the RPO. Tua can either decide to run it or he decides to give to his, to his running back. Right now, he's definitely pulling the ball back more and spreading the wealth to these receivers because most of them are coming off of slants. They're coming off of you know a stop and go. They're they're coming off some really good routes and they're and Tua is able to recognize that when he they have the man beat. He is he is maturing on the field as we speak before our eyes, guys. Like he is becoming a top elite quarterback. And he will I think this week will overcome any adversity that Ole Miss will be throwing at them. They will be trying to, you know, they'll be trying to throw in some defense in there where they're doing a lot of, you know, moving around here and there or moving their line or showing a lot of showing a lot of zone when they're actually running man and sending in somebody or sending in a linebacker or sending in two or sending in the edge blitz. So we will be seeing that. Mississippi loves to run that uh, edge blitz. So we'll, we'll be seeing some of that this week. And if Tua can overcome that adversity and the O-line can hold up for him, I believe this will be another good game for him. Maybe another five, six touchdowns. Jerry Judy, of course, we don't need to speak about this. Jerry Judy is really on top of his game right now. Um, he is... 30 receptions, 400 yards, 404 yards, and six touchdowns. Moore has 29 receptions right up under him, 380 yards and three touchdowns. So they do have a good receiving crew. It's just the quarterback at this point in time is a little iffy. Uh, let's put up some stats right now. Uh, as far as let's talk about some stats right now about each team. Uh, points per game, uh, Mississippi State's averaging 25.3. Uh, Alabama 50 points exactly points allowed per game. Ole Miss is giving up 22, which it will probably go up this week. And Alabama is only allowing 10 points per game this year. Total yards uh, for Ole Miss is 410, 550 total yards for uh, Alabama right now, which is an incredible, incredible right now um, per game. 550 yards like that. That is that is that is ridiculous number. It's allowed. They have. Ole Miss at 383 and Alabama at 287 allowed. Rushing yards is something that Ole Miss is really good against. They have only allowed 94 so far, and Alabama has allowed 98. So if they can get the running game, maybe they can break off a couple here and there, and they'll be able to put this Alabama defense back on their heels. Again, they are starting a young defense. There are a couple injuries, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. DJ, D DJ Dale is supposed to be coming back this week, so we will see how that goes. Um, we, uh, It's going to be at Bryant-Denny. It's going to be a nice, cool 95 degrees in Tuscaloosa. So this game will be a hot game. And another thing that with Alabama football right now is Saban talking about his players um, and how right now – he wants not his players, but his fans. They're not. They're not staying the whole game. And he complained, and people are making the old oh, Saban's complaining. Old oh, Saban's complaining. It's not about that. Like under people up north, do not understand the humidity that we have going along with the heat down here. I mean, it is ridiculous. You can literally go outside and you can almost pretty much suffocate. That's how thick the air is because of the humidity, especially being here in the deep south. And they don't understand why Saban is upset, why he wants some of these later games. This is going to be a 3.30 kickoff game now. You know, so it's going to be, that's pretty much at the time where it's hot. I mean, it's going to be, they're literally playing at the hottest time of the day here in the South. Between 3.30 to 5 o'clock is usually some of the hottest times. And be on the lookout, you'll see a lot of, on both sidelines, you'll probably see a lot of, um, a lot of Gatorade, a lot of cooling tents, a lot of jets, a lot of things. He's trying to keep these players cool and hydrated so they do not overexert themselves. Um, you will see, you will see, maybe you know, a, a few people leaving because they can't handle the heat itself. Because, like again, in Brian Dane Stadium, when you have all these fans and you have 
the atmosphere and then the game itself and the sun beaming down, it is extremely hot. So, I mean, it's it's not nothing to be like, oh, he's complaining and blah, blah, blah. Like, don't don't be upset because he is more worried that this man is worried about his fans. Be happy that he's in love with his fans and cheering on the fan base, not only just for Alabama, but I'm sure he's also thinking about Ole Miss because Mississippi has to deal with the same type of weather. The heat in the south is ridiculous. And if you people in the north don't understand, please come down here and enjoy a football game. When y'all do come down, understand where that heat has come from. I'm sure that a lot have traveled down here and understand what I'm talking about, but there are others that just don't get it. It's not what you think. It is ridiculously hot, and it can put a lot of pressure on you and a lot of pressure on the team itself. So, again, it's awesome to, you know, speculate things and, 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 and have your opinion on something, but if you have not seen it or experienced it firsthand being inside that Brian Denny Stadium, then you will never understand. And that's my time for the first. This is the first part of this episode. I will be coming back with more, with a couple more big games. We won't do too many more after this. Um, I'm going to do a few more top 25 teams or um, some other uh, big games that I feel like we need to be mentioning this week. But these are some of the games that we want to talk about this week. So, you guys, uh, please, please enjoy y'all's night. And I really appreciate you guys for listening to The Brother on the Mountain. Again, my name is Mountain Man Jamal, and I appreciate everybody for stopping by and listening to my crazy rantics about here college football week four. This is my first podcast, officially my very first podcast, uh, and it is about college sports because every Friday, this is what we'll probably do, is going to be talking about sports. It's either going to be Thursday or Friday is what I'm trying to get for. Uh, I will have more games for you as the season progresses bigger games i will always talk about the big games coming up this week i'll talk more about the top 25 monday will probably be another day that we do for post college football uh and sunday we will probably just have life talk (laughs) saturday i will do um just some things that i feel like i randomly want to do so i appreciate everybody for coming by stopping by This is just part one. I will do a few more games in the next podcast that I will be dropping. I will be dropping them probably one after another here in the next maybe hour or so. So please stay tuned, and I appreciate you guys for stopping by. And you guys have a good time. And always remember, peace, love, and hair grease. One love, people.